thank you all so much. Better be good, one now. Better be good now, doggone. Put the pressure on. Hey, we are going to continue this series on the gifts of the Spirit. We've been in this, and it'll probably take you through the summer. And uh, we'll be, uh, a lot of people say, well, why are you uh, on the gifts of the Spirit? Because he's still active. Holy Spirit's still active. He hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't done anything. He didn't disappear. He's still active today, and so his gifts are still in operation today. Uh, and so we want to make sure that, see, we, we, we've got the wrong idea about church. We think just coming to church means we come here and let the pastors take care of everything and let the, let the elders take care of everything. And then if I, if I get a friend or I meet somebody out on the street, I'll drag them to the church so that they can meet God. No. You are called to be ministers of God. You are called to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. These, these aren't reserved for, for uh, just a few. They're not reserved for just the uppers. And so what we want to do is continue to jump into the gifts of the Spirit so that you can be equipped and, and, and be able to use what God wants to put in you uh, from the get-go. I'm a little loud there, Michael. There we go. So let's go where we always go. Let's go 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll start at verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll start at verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. That means unlearned. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, God's desire is for you to not be unlearned. He wants you to understand them. Go to verse 4. There are various gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are various operations, but the same God who operates all of them where? In all people. So it's the same God who operates all of these gifts. So he wants all people to be operating in these gifts. He wants all his folks. Um, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. Now I'm reading from the uh, modern English uh, it says, for the common good. I believe King James says, uh, but the manifestations of the gifts of spirit are given to everyone to profit all. He, so gifts are not for us to say, hey, look at me and look how spiritual I am. Look how mighty I am. And I've got this big, giant, super Christian S on my chest and I pull it open. I'm like, yeah, look at me. No, God wants you to operate in the gifts of the spirit so that you can be profitable in ministry to other people. These, these, the gifts of the Spirit should always draw other people back to Jesus, not the one who's operating in the gift. Amen. And, and we, we need to make sure of that. Um, let's go to verse 8. To one is given the Spirit by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another um, faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, that's important, Gifts of healings by the same Spirit, uh, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But verse 11, but that one and very same Spirit works all these. So these are all part of the Holy Spirit. These are all things that he does. He divides to each one individually as he wills. And so, as we, we look at these, we want to understand that God is wanting to divide these out to you. Now, now I know we, we have a tendency in the church to say, well, I want to pray, I want the gift of this, and I want the gift, or I want the gift of that. And so we go and we kind of pick and choose. But why in the world would we pick and choose one gift over one gift over one gift when, when the Holy Spirit who brings them all lives inside you? And when he came, he brought all his gifts with him. And so what he wants us to do is he wants us to be able to operate in the gift that is needed at the time. Remember, that's the most important gift. The most important gift is the one needed at the time. The one that if somebody needs healing, one of the gifts of healings, then that's where God needs me to operate. I don't necessarily need to operate in prophecy at that point. Come on. And we've already talked about prophecy. So let's, let's break them down real quick, and, and you should know these. We've been doing this for four weeks now. 
So first you have the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts are gifts that do just that. They reveal something. And so as we looked at, you have word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Then we have power gifts, and this is where we're going to start today. Um, the power gifts are gifts that do something. They accomplish a task. Uh, this is the gift of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. Then we have vocal gifts, and these are gifts that say something. These are gifts that, that, that speak. And you have prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So today we're going to start on the power gifts, and everybody say, he's going to try. Okay, I'm going to try to cover two of them today. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, let me just uh, encourage you to hang around after service. We've got a baptism of a couple too, so... Uh, I'm going to try to honor everybody's time here this morning, but that's exciting. Thank you. So we're going to look at the gift of faith. And, and, and the first thing you need to understand about the gift of faith is the gift of faith is different than general faith that everyone has. All of us have faith. Faith comes from God. It's a gift that he gave to all of us. Matter of fact, he said in Mark eleven twenty two, he said, Verily I say unto you, have faith in God. Well, we know that the original writing of that said, Verily I say unto you, truly I say to you, have the faith of God. So God wants you to have his kind of faith. It's the same kind of faith that he operates in. But the gift of faith is something different. It is different. So let's look at general faith that everybody has. Um, the general faith is, is, is the faith that you, you it's, it's like saving faith. The gift of faith is different than saving faith. Ephesians, and it's not going to be on your screen, Ephesians tells us, that says, for by grace are you saved through faith. All right, so that's, that's the faith that he gave you to get saved. And then he tells us in Mark chapter 16, he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. That we operate in those by faith. And the general faith that you and I can have actually can grow. But God, everybody say this, I have faith. I have faith. Well, I don't think I have as much faith as so. Yes, you do. The amount of faith that you have is the same as anybody else. Somebody, if you take a brand new baby and you put them up next to the strongest bodybuilder that you know, who has more muscle? They have the exact same amount of muscle. Siri wanted to tell me what she found on the web, sorry. Uh, they have the same muscle. The difference is one has developed the exact same muscles the other has. Faith is the same way. You don't get more faith. You develop it. You learn how to use it. You learn how to operate in general faith. Go to, if you will, to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. He says there, um, I hear pages. I like that sometimes. <laughs> he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he said, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sound judgment. According to the measure of faith, God has distributed to every man. We look over that sometimes because we keep thinking, well, I want more faith. If I just had the type of faith that D had, man, I would be a powerhouse. You do. You have that same faith. But sometimes we just need to learn to operate. It's like being a bodybuilder. It's, it's, it's the more you use it, the stronger you operate in it. And so some people go out here and they try to believe for something gigantic, but their faith isn't developed to that area. <laughs> Only thing that went through my mind. You're trying to believe for a Mercedes, but you got Volkswagen faith. And that's what we do. But so how do we develop this faith? Well, one thing is you've got two things that cause you to, to force yourself to trust God. You've got to step out and say, okay, God, I'm going to believe. You know, I tell people all the time, if, you, if, if you're believing for God for something, plan on believing for 100 years. That way, when he does it in 10, he's ahead of schedule. 
But you, if you just quit believing, you're, you're going to get what you've got right now. So when we operate in general faith, it's the same measure of faith he's given to everybody, the same amount of faith. So whoever's in here, you have the same faith I have. Now, it might be you may have learned to develop yours. Let me tell you, you can develop it in different areas. You may have all the faith in the world for healing that you just say, okay, Lord, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm claiming in my healing right now in the name of Jesus. Boom, boom, you're done. It's good. You go on. When it comes to, uh, when it comes to believing God for your finances, you may struggle. That's because you got a big bicep and a little quad. It's, these muscles operate in different things. My leg muscles do different jobs than my arm muscles. And so I can have faith in one area and underdeveloped faith in another area. But as we learn to trust God more, we learn that we develop and we build on that faith and we build on that faith. Well, how do you build on faith? Well, Jude says, build on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. That's one way. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's one way to build your faith. But... One of the greatest ways to build your faith is in Romans chapter 10. Go to there. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. You want to build the general faith. Now, we're talking about general faith here, not the gift of faith. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. You want to develop your general faith, you want to develop, you've got to get to know God more. When you know him more, and you know him and you know his word, you will begin to trust that. And as you do that, so if you're trying to believe for God for, well, let's go back to finances. You're trying to believe God for finances, but you don't know what the word says about finances, you'll never be able to develop your faith in that. You're just guessing, well, Pastor told me that I can believe for this. You can't go on my word. My word will not build your faith. But his word, that is a sure foundation, that is a solid rock, it will always lead you to build your faith. So you have to get to know the word, whether it's on paper or whether it's digital. doesn't matter how you get it, but get yourself into the word because when you get yourself into the word, how many of you are going to eat dinner or lunch or something today? We would never skip that. Never. Never. Trust me, look at me. I don't skip it. Why do we skip a daily diet of the Word of God that would build our faith? When, how did, when Jesus, when, the, when, 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 when Satan came to Jesus in the garden... And tempting him with bread, what did he say? He said, man shall live by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. These are the words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God. If you want to make sure that you're building that general faith that everybody has, you need to put yourself in the word. Well, Jesus is the word, and I've got Jesus. But he also gave you the word. He also gave you a written word. And so how do we build our faith? The best way to build your general faith to learn to trust God more is to get into the Word of God. And if you don't have a daily diet, it's like skipping a meal. You're going to get weak eventually. You're going, oh, come on. See, this doesn't explain a whole lot of people because this puts a little bit of work on us. You've got to sit down, open it up, take time. But it's, it's like reading a love letter. If Dee wrote me a bunch of love letters, I'm going to sit and read them because I want to know what she thinks about me, what she has to say about me, what she wants to uh, uh, talk to me about. God's Word's the same way. It tells you what He thinks of you. It tells you what He's got for you. It tells you the promises that are His. And all of a sudden, as we develop that relationship, Galen, and we get to know Him, it starts building faith. And so I can actually develop my general faith by getting into that Word. Getting into that word, amen? So let's look real quick at the gift of faith. What is the gift of faith? And I think this may come up on the screen. Well, it's already there. Who's back there? All right. The gift of faith is given to the believer that you might receive miracles. The gift of faith is given to the believer that you might receive 
miracles. And it, it allows the believer, is the, is the next, what's that next part up there, bub? Is it on there? All right. It allows the believer to believe for things that are beyond their naturally developed faith to believe for. It'll, it's, just a, it's a faith that comes over you that all of a sudden you are stepping over into something that you don't know how to believe for it, you don't know why you're believing for it, but there is nothing or no one can tell you that that's not going to happen. The gift of faith comes into play when it is beyond your ability to believe for something, but all of a sudden there's a faith that rises. That everything in you says, run, 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 run as fast as you can. But there is something that comes in you that refuses to run. It refuses to doubt. It refuses. And you think, I should be, I should be scared right now, but I can't. I should be afraid right now, but I can't. That is a gift of faith. It is a faith that is above what you are naturally have developed yourself to believe for. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 9, first, just the first part of the verse. It says, to another is given faith by the same Spirit. I like the way the Living Bible puts it. It says, to another is given special faith. It's a different faith than what we have. The gift of faith is a faith that drops on you that is different than what you normally believe God for. Dee and I were... Uh, Getting ready, and I think some of you have heard me tell this before, but I'm going to tell it again, Rachel. Dee and I were leaving uh, Rama for a Winter Bible Seminar one time, and the money that we had set up, Jody, something came up that we had to use every bit of that money. Gone. We're supposed to leave at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 10 o'clock that morning, not a dime. Mark, not a dime to us. And uh, she said, what are, you gonna, what are we going to do? I said, I'm going to go in here and lay down and take a nap. I work night shift. It's, I'm tired. She said, why? Because all of a sudden there was a faith came over me. She, she said, well, what are we going to do? I said, I got to go to sleep because I'm leaving for Oklahoma at 2 o'clock in the morning. So we, let's go. She said, Okay. And throughout that day, there was people gave her money while I slept. See, a faith came over me, Galen, that I couldn't believe for this. It was beyond my ability right then says, oh, shoot, I got to write this check. And it wiped us out, Brent. But all of a sudden, there was something came over me that was beyond my ability. It didn't look at my circumstances. It didn't look at the issues that we had. It didn't look at what we didn't have. And throughout the day while I slept, and God gave me the greatest sleep that day. Man, I slept good. But all that day, they, people started giving her money. And we didn't go around telling everybody, well, we ain't got no money to go. We don't know. So you don't want to operate in faith when you have to tell everybody else what's going on. When you're operating in faith, it's you and God, and you're going to stand there until it happens. And when the gift of faith kicks in, you're just going to stand there until it happens, and you don't even doubt for a bit. And they kept, we had enough money to go to Oklahoma, do everything we wanted to do, and come home and still put money back in the bank. Because there was something that just came down. It was beyond my ability to believe. And this is why he's talking about here, special faith. It's a faith that, that comes over you that you could believe for anything. Ooh, glory. Go, if you will, to Daniel chapter 6. Let's look at some purposes for this gift of faith. Daniel chapter 6, in verse 23. Daniel chapter 6, in verse 23. The king was exceeding glad for him. And he commanded that they take Daniel up out of the den. See, we all know this story. We all know what happened. Daniel says, I'm not going to bow. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And if that means I get thrown into a den of lions, 
Then I get thrown into a den of lions. Well, they caught him. They threw him into the den. And the word says that the Lord came through and that angel came through and shut, that lion's mouth, shut the lion's mouth. There was more than one lion. It was a den of lions. But what Daniel do in there? Fluffed up a big tiger, a big lion, fluffed up a mane, laid back, and went to sleep. One of the greatest things that the gift of faith will step in on you for is when you need to operate in a divine protection that you are beyond your ability to believe for. He said, and Daniel brought him up out of the den. Out of the den. So Daniel taken up out of the den, and no manner of harm was found on him because he believed in his God. See, when, when you're going through a situation that you need God to step in and offer some divine protection, this is when the gift of faith can come in handy. Holy Spirit moves in. And, and let me tell you, he'll move in on you to, to, for someone else too. You can, when you're operating in the gift of faith, you can, you can have faith for somebody else when they don't have it for themselves. So one thing is for divine protection. Daniel believed in his God. And so what we see is so many times we can't trust God, and that's because we don't know God. And we don't know him because we haven't got into his word to find out what his word says about us. And the gift of faith actually is a faith that comes to us to receive a miracle. This is what happened in Daniel's case. Another uh, uh, purpose for a gift of faith. Go to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. What's the best gift? The one needed at the time. Verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was one of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord, of, of, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there will not be dew or rain these uh, years except by my word. See, when you're operating in the gift of faith, you're operating in the God faith. Which means the words you speak are as if God himself was speaking them. Well, I just said there's not going to be rain until I say there's rain. Man, that's a big old statement right there. <laughs> he said there's not going to be rain until I say there's rain. Um, and the word of the Lord came to him saying, go from here and turn eastward and hide by uh, the Kareth brook in the east of Jordan and you shall drink from the brook. See, when the gift of faith kicks in like this, you'll, you'll, you'll operate in a place of divine provision. Throughout this whole region, there was going to be no rain. No rain means no water. No rain means no water. But what does God do? He said, you spoke and you spoke a word out for me. So I am going to offer divine provision for you. So you're going to go down to the brook Kareth and you're going to sit there and you will drink from the brook. Good Lord. Which is east of Jordan. You shall drink from the brook I have commanded. Now look at this. This is what happens in, in, in a gift of faith. And I have commanded the ravens. To feed you there. This is a place of divine provision. When we operate in the gift of faith, it's a place of divine protection. It's a place of divine provision. And, he, and So he went and did according to the word of the Lord and went and lived by the Kareth Brook, which is east of Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the mornings and bread and meat in the evenings. And he drank from the brook. Everybody else is going through famine. Everybody else is going through drought. But as he operated in the gift of faith and spoke a word, it was beyond him to speak that the rains would hold until he gave the word. But when the gift of faith sets in, you begin to speak from the place of God. And God honored that with divine provision for him. Go to Acts chapter 12. Are you, are you good? Yeah. All right. See, the word's fun. 
Acts chapter 12, verse 6. The very night when Herod would have brought him out, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Here's Peter preaching the word, got arrested. They put him inside, inside the jail. They put him in the center and put two soldiers on either side of him. And, and here he finds himself worried and afraid and, and, and tore up and scared. And I wonder what those soldiers thought said, hey, boys, y'all get comfortable because I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Laid my head over on one of their laps. <laughs> he said he was between two soldiers and he falls asleep. See, it's beyond where, where a lot of us, most of us would be worried and scared and terrified. There was a gift that came over him that brought divine peace in the middle of chaos. Man, if we ever need that right now, it's right now, right here in this country where we're living, we need peace in the middle of chaos. And this is exactly what he had. He laid down between two soldiers and he fell asleep, bound with chains and guards before the, he was between two soldiers, guards guarded the door, he was with chains, and two men were securing the prison. Verse 7, and suddenly an angel of the Lord approached, uh, approached him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter. Peter was so asleep, he had found so much peace that the angel had to say, get up. The angel struck him. <laughs> Come on. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Rise quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Not only when we're operating in this kind of faith that is beyond our natural ability to do, not only do we see divine provision, not only do we see divine protection, not only do we see peace in the middle of chaos, but in a gift of faith you will see people set free. That chains will begin to fall off of their own, off their life. Glory to God. The chains fell off his hand. The angel said, dress yourself. Man, he got comfortable. He got undressed. I mean, this is a dude that wasn't worried about anything. Hey, boys. Oh, Y'all can stay awake if you want to, but I'm going to lay right here. He said, get up, dress yourself. <laughs> uh, and put your sandals on. And he did so. And then he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And they went out and followed, and he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. This is the gift of faith will take, take you through things that you're looking around going, I, I should be worried, I know, but I just can't force myself. I, there's something, there's, I don't know. <laughs> and when he had passed the first and second guards, and they came to the iron gate leading outside the city, which opened to them by itself. See, when you operate in this kind of faith, this divine provision, divine protection, you see people set free. They're believing for things. And they woke up to the very thing that held them in, and it opened by itself. The angel didn't open it. Peter didn't open it. It saw him coming. It saw the faith of God coming, and that gate swung open to let him out. My goodness, folks. Let the gift of faith operate. It opened by itself. And they went out and went toward the street, and immediately the angel left him. How many of you know who Smith Wigglesworth was? Good. Smith, it's, it's documented that some 14 people was raised from the dead in his ministry. 14 people raised from the dead in his ministry. I think it might be on your screen. Oh, there it is. You're, man, you're fast. Smith said this one time. He said, I got as far as I could with my own faith. You ever felt that? I've got as far as I could with my own faith. 
He said, I, I got as far as I could with my own faith, and, the God, and then God had hold of me. Oh, it was such a laying hold that I could believe for anything. The faith of the Lord Jesus laid hold of me, and a solid peace came into my heart. Folks, this is from a man that at one time, it said that, that he had went into and, and stood a woman's dead body against the wall and commanded her to live. He says, when, see, that's what happens when the gift of faith comes in. Now, to, just for quick reference, uh, if we're going to see resurrections from the dead, it takes gift of faith, gifts of healings and working of miracles, all three to operate. Because if we raise them from the dead and they're still sick, <laughs> come on. I, I, I heard a story one time. A friend of ours went to a church, uh, and the preacher came down and laid hands on the guy and said, Lord says for you to run around the sanctuary. Guy jumps up, takes off running, falls over dead. Boom, drops. Guy walks over and kicks him. Then God said run, not die. Boom, back on his feet. See, there's, a, there's something that happens when the gift of faith is in operation, you operate. Listen, we were in a church one time and looked back and a lady died dead. The pastor's wife was a nurse. We walked back, we laid hands on her. Said, God said, beyond, see, it was beyond our ability in our own selves to believe. Live and not die. She comes back out of there. The ambulance comes and takes her, and she was back in church the next night. Come on, folks. This is where God wants you to operate. This is not special to me. This is not special to the people of the Word. He gave gifts to you. He, Holy Spirit, moved into your life. He brought these gifts for you to operate. The day of miracles is not over. The day of faith is not over. The day of healing is not over. He wants you to operate as Him. You are His body. You are the body of Christ on the earth to do the work of Christ on the earth. Oh. The gift of faith will refuse a no, and God will answer with a yes. Let's look real quick at working of miracles. Oh, I told you, the word's fun. <laughs> so special faith, or the gift of faith, is the manifestation of the Spirit, which allows you to receive a miracle. The working of miracles is different and that it is a manifestation of the Spirit in which the individual actually does the miracle. God wants you to do miracles. Amen. The gift of, of, of working of miracles allows the believer. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit is manifesting in your life and you are actually giving the ability to work a miracle. This is what God has created you to be. This is why you're his body. Brother Hagin said this. He said, a miracle can be defined as a supernatural intervention by God into the ordinary course of nature. It's the supernatural intervention of God into the ordinary course of nature. Young's Analytical Concordance says of, of miracles, it is dunamis acts of power. It's the same word we get dynamite from. He says in the Greek it means explosions of almightiness. Woo! Come on now. It is explosions of almightiness or impelling. Staggering wonders and astonishments. That's a miracle. That's what God wants you to operate in. He wants to be you to be open to him that you can be an explosion of almightiness. He wants to operate through you so that you can work staggering 
wonders and astonishments. Howard Carter of the Assemblies of God said this. He said, the working of miracles is a very important manifestation of the Spirit. It is the mighty power of God flowing through a person. Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Let me tell you, Webster's 1828 Dictionary is totally different than the Webster's Dictionary you'll pick up today. <laughs> he said, Webster said this, it's a miracle is an event or effect that is contrary to the established constitution and course of things or a deviation from the known laws of nature. See, when we are operating in the working of miracles, it is going total opposite of what nature should actually be doing. Oh, glory to God. You know, like, kind of like a, a, a walking on water? That's not natural. See, God wants to use you. This is why we're called supernatural. He wants us to be a supernatural people. People who are, aren't bound by the laws of nature, but we are open to ourselves that all of a sudden a gift of faith comes in and all of a sudden the working of miracles comes in and then nature has to submit to what we say. Ooh. I'm, are, you, are you here? He goes on to say a supernatural event. Miracles can be wrought only by almighty power. Now, I want to read you 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 using these definitions. This is what it would say if we used all that definition. To another is given the power of the Almighty to work a supernatural event that is contrary to the course of the known laws of nature. It is the ability to work explosions of almightiness and staggering wonders which intervene the supernatural into the ordinary course of nature. Man alive, what God wants to do in you. He's just itching for a body who will say, here am I. Use me. Just use me, God, whatever you want to do. I'll be open. Let's look at some examples. Go to Exodus. Exodus, you see glimpses of this because the Holy Spirit was moved, moved upon people. But man, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is in people. I love Ex Exodus chapter 7. Exodus chapter 7. When Pharaoh shall speak, verse 9, I'm sorry. Exodus 7, 9. And when Pharaoh shall speak to you saying, show a miracle. You mean there's a time when someone who's not a believer is going to put you on the spot? If this is true, show me a miracle. It's exactly what Herod did to Jesus. Come on. Does that make us nervous? Oh, I hope they don't ask me to show a miracle. Don't let it make you nervous. Be open to what God wants to do in you. Because if you're going to put yourself in a position, if you're going to find yourself, I should say, in a position where somebody says, work a miracle, you better know your God and the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And he who is in you will perform that which you, oh, are believing for him. He said, work a miracle. Then you will say to Aaron, take your rod and throw it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did what the Lord commanded, and Aaron threw down his rod before Pharaoh and, his, and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called for the wise men that were sorcerers and music, musicians, magicians of Egypt, and likewise performed their secret arts, and they did the same thing. Wait a minute. Now we're talking about miracles. How many of you know that there's still a falsity that's in the enemy? And people fall for it all the time. But you've got to look at the next verse. 
For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. The miracle necessarily wasn't the serpent. It was the overcoming of the falsehood that Pharaoh tried to put them. Mm. Exodus chapter 14. Contrary to the laws of nature, sticks should not become snakes. Nothing should become snakes. I'm just telling you right now. Exodus chapter 14, we see something else that's contrary to the laws of nature. Verse 21. And then Moses stretched, his, stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land so that the waters were divided and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. That's not natural. This is where God wants us to operate. In the places that aren't natural. That's why you're called supernatural. Oh, glory to God. And they went across on dry ground. And the waters were a wall. See, this is not natural. The water just don't split, stands up, becomes a wall. All of a sudden, the ground's dry. Millions of people, millions of people walk and never get mud on their feet. That's not natural. This is what God is looking for someone to do. And the Egyptians pursued, verse 23, and went after them in the midst of the sea and even Pharaoh's horses and chariots. And you can read on along there. That when everyone was safe on the other side, Moses turned around and waters collapsed, drowned all of Pharaoh, all of his army. Then there's people who say, yeah, but the water was only two or three inches deep. Then how do you explain the whole army drowning? Where archaeologists have actually found chariots and things at the bottom. See, it's contrary. How about this one? 1 Kings chapter 17 again. Back to old Elijah. We're almost there, folks. And Elijah, in 1 Kings, sorry, 17, 8. The word of the Lord came to him, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there, and I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. And she got up, and, and he got up and went to Zarephath. And when he came into the gate of the city, the widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please get a small cup of water for me to drink. And she was going to get it, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord God, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. What did he tell her to bring her? Bringing bread that was in her hand. See, when you're beginning to operate in a working of miracles, you can look at what isn't there, but you see what actually can be. He said, bring me some of the bread in your hand. She said, I don't have no bread. I don't have bread. She said, I, don't, I only have a handful of meal. Whew. In a barrel and a little oil in a jar, and I'm gathering two sticks. <laughs> and I'm gathering two sticks that I can go and make it for me, my son and my son, that we may eat it and die. But not when somebody's operating and working of miracles. She saw death. He saw bread. She saw, I'm going to do this and die. He said, you're going to do this and live. Yeah. See, that when miracles in an operation, the course of nature, the laws of nature no longer make sense to you. Oh, glory. <laughs> and Elijah said, do not fear. Go and do. Go and do as you have said, but make a little cake for me first. Now, you've got to remember, if this is Elijah declaring this. He didn't say God told him this. He told, all, all God told him was, I'm gonna, I, I've commanded a, a woman to, to take care of you. 
Now he's operating in a gift that is beyond the normal course of nature where he's saying, here's what you're going to do first. Oh. And afterward, make, your son, make for your son and you. And thus saith the Lord, the barrel of meal will not run out, and the jar of oil, nor will the jar of oil empty until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Well, when's it going to rain? When Elijah says it's going to rain. And now he's telling her, you're going to have meal in that bucket until I say. You'll have oil in that jug until I say. What do you mean until I say? Because he said the rains won't come until I say. Ooh, folks, what God wants to do, what he is expecting his believers to step up and operate as a supernatural body of Christ where we look at what's not there and we only see what is there and when it doesn't make sense and it's not natural, we know we serve a supernatural God and we just go into it anyway. Go into Acts chapter 6. My goodness. Acts chapter 6. Verse 8. One verse here. Now Stephen, full of faith and what? Power. Did great wonders and miracles among the peoples. So, Steve, well, that was Stephen. I'm glad you asked. Last one, John, chapter 14, verse 12. Saint John, chapter 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, <laughs> he who believes in me will do the works that I do also. This is Jesus talking. It's in red in a lot of your Bibles. He says, believe in me. The things you see me do, you'll do too. This is where he wants believers to live. Where we're operating. Where the gifts of the Spirit are flowing at all times. As he wills. Well, when is he not willing? Ha, ha, ha. As he will. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do will do also. And he will do greater works than these because I am going to my Father. Jesus is looking. Holy Spirit is looking. Father is looking for a group of people who will just say, here am I. Send me. I'll do it. I'll be the one. I'll, well, it may cost you some things. People may think you're a little bit weird, Janie. <laughs> but that's okay. They thought he was weird too. But you'll be the one. It's funny that the ones who think I'm weird are the ones, uh, I'm, I'm the first one they want to pray for. <laughs> Folks, God is looking for a people. Now, just real quick, and we'll cover this next week too. When someone is healed, it is not necessarily a miracle. Okay? We're going to look at gifts of healings next week. Well, what do you mean? A miracle is something that is contrary to the law of nature. So it would be like limbs growing. It would be like things that are wrong that are not in a body a womb in a woman. It went back to somebody then I prayed for. It said she couldn't have, ever have a baby. Wombs, gone. And her daughter is how old now? Actually, no, I think she's like 20. See, miracle. It wasn't there, now it's there. That's miracle. It's contrary to the laws of nature. So when we just see somebody he getting healed, it's from operating gifts of healings. Uh, and these, folks, these should be common to the church. These should be common. But for some reason, they're not. Um, a brain stem developing 
where there was no brain before. Some of you might know that story, but I'm not going to tell it. That's a miracle. This is where God wants you to operate. Let's pray and baptize some folks. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Father, we're here. If, if any time, why not now? If any place, why not here? If anyone, why not us? And so today, Lord, we're here as a children of you looking to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we say yes. We say yes. Use me. In Jesus' name, amen.